My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Um, As regular listeners of this programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And as we record this particular podcast on September the 13th, 2022, we currently mourn the passing of one of our most incredible and beloved leaders, Her Late Majesty the Queen, who served our country with such steadfastness and devotion throughout her days. Um, On the programme today, I'm joined on the show by Angela D'Souza, the CEO and founder of Women's Business Club, an organisation working to empower women to succeed in business and become leaders within their own right. Um, Angela, a very warm welcome to you today. And by all means, thank you for taking the time to join us on the programme. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure, Angela. Thank you for joining us. Now, obviously, I've only provided a very brief outline of what it is that Women's Business Club does there. But uh, just for those tuning in that may not be familiar with you, what is it that you sort of pride yourselves on doing within your own words, please? So obviously our main mission is to empower women to succeed in business and that's so broad um, and it can apply to self-employed women or employed women. But the emphasis is very much on the woman um, and her her stage and her professional journey and then how we can help her progress to the next level. So that will mean different things to different women, but we provide mentoring and training, networking, events. We provide resources and access to all sorts of templates and tutorials and so that we try and offer as much as we can to enable the women to really push through to that next level of success. Yeah and um, obviously when it comes when it came to setting this up what were sort of your motivations behind it because I can imagine that when you set this organization up uh, back in 2013 obviously coming up to your sort of uh, 10th year next year so I suppose a congratulations is in order ahead of time there. Um, Obviously there's been a lot made hasn't there about sort of the representation of women in corporate positions and I guess that's a huge driver of the work that you're doing it's sort of encouraging that next generation of, uh, of women leaders to you know go into the fold isn't it Mm. i think that's a very important part of what we do is supporting the next generation we're very passionate about you know passing the baton and making sure that they have the best possible support Uh, but what what got me started was much simpler than that um and it's unfolded from there into what it is today but very simply i I didn't feel like I fit in the business world as a businesswoman. I didn't like business networking and I didn't feel supported, mm. although I couldn't have articulated it and as such back then. It was just something inside of me that thought, hmm, there must be another way. And so the initial concept, concept I set up was a simple uh, networking event where I would feel comfortable, where I would feel like I could be myself. And, um, and so what resulted was um, a high-quality lunch. Again, one of my important things was, you know, good food, not the sandwiches. <laughs> um, so a high-quality lunch, high-quality speaker, and a structured program, and a lot of emphasis on a friendly welcome. Very, very simple, but I just felt like if I could create something where I feel comfortable and invite other women, then we can start to support each other. And from that day until this, um, we obviously we offer so many more different services now, but from that day until this day, I still find the key ingredient that really empowers women is what happens when women come together. 
um, there's just something that happens. And there, there is a scientific explanation, which I'm not very good at um, going into, but there's actually, you know, chemicals and hormones released. And, and, you know, when women are supporting each other, something different happens compared to when, you know, men get together and support each other. And they support each other in a different way. And so that really is the heartbeat behind everything we do. It's having that place where the women can feel comfortable as a woman in the workplace. And then from there, we build on the practical skills, we build on confidence building, but also we look at, um, you know, if you're looking at a workplace setting, we, we're not a big fan of tokenism. We want to see women appointed to boards and in senior leadership positions because she's the right point. Um, and so it's how do we support women in becoming the right choice? How do they upskill? How do they grow confidence? How do they, um, how do they take that scary step and, and put themselves forward when the more confident men are already doing so? Mm. So that's a very long-winded answer. Sorry, <laughs> do you want to rein you back in? <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. I mean, I, I think it's um, it's hugely important, and um, it's an, it's an absolutely fantastic response there, Angela, to the uh, to the question for sure. And uh, obviously, just kind of without giving too much away. Um, in terms of sort of what you sort of teach um, and coach to sort of the people that sort of come to you and work with you. Um, just for sort of any younger women entrepreneurs that might well be listening to this podcast, I mean, if you could maybe give them just one little pearl of wisdom to perhaps help them kind of get on the road to success, as it were. I mean, what would you, what would you tell them to really uh, to do? What advice should they really live by? Oh, there's two. I think I might have to give you I think the first yeah. one is very much—it's just very much about you know being yourself and being comfortable being yourself. So really, um, the key I believe to anybody's success doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman—is is just really getting to know yourself and your strengths and your passions and your purpose, and then building um, whatever you do to generate an income, you know, off the back of that. And I feel that that will help people have the best chance of success and um, they'll get more enjoyment from the journey. And so that's, you know, that's key. I think if I knew that at an earlier age, mm. um, I think my life would have turned out very differently, but you live and learn, don't you? I forgot the second one anyway, so it probably wasn't that important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, I think it's a, it's a very important uh, point that you make there as well. I mean, you do live and learn um, in leadership. I mean, even when you're sort of in sort of the CEO position at the top of a business, you will. I mean, you're never a finished product, a finished article, aren't you? Are you in? The, no, never. I, and I think that's an, another reason why, obviously, um, when we when we think about women leaders, I mean, it is important that they help each other because they can come together, they can learn from each other, they can obviously learn from their shared experiences. Uh, because you you. You are very right. I mean, it's like it, it, it is more difficult for a woman to go out there and succeed in business than it is for their male counterparts. So um, we, we do need to be talking more about this and sort of making sure that those pathways are certainly there for them. Mm. I think part of the problem is that women are trying to um, succeed. They're trying to get ahead and it's trying to do it in the way men are doing it. And I think... When women come together um, and realize that we have something unique um, and valuable to bring to the table that complements what our male counterparts are bringing to the table, when we discover that and work together, I think that's when we get the best results for the company because we, we get the best of both worlds. It's a shame when a woman tries to be like a man 
um, in order to get ahead because then we lose a whole lot of, of value that's mm. just being missed out. And I think the, the best thing to do uh, if companies or employers want to support their women is to say, you know, it's okay to be you. Kind of send that message out. There's more than one way to get to the top. It's not just this traditional path that, that we're accustomed to. And that goes across the board, you know, to political mm. leaders, to business leaders, to charity leaders. Um, we, we, we need everybody to be authentic. We need men to be men, women to be women, and, and, and to really bring their strength to the table. And together, I think we'll see phenomenal results. Exactly right. I think authenticity, as you say, there is incredibly important. And um, mm. as you mentioned at the start of the program, I mean, we're in a period of time here where we are mourning one of um, the most incredible sort of woman leaders that we've seen in the uh, the UK. Uh, but as well as that, um, another thing that happened last week is that we actually appointed a woman prime minister in the form of Liz Truss. And I suppose that Give whatever side of the political spectrum you might find yourself on, the fact that we now have our third woman prime minister, I suppose for women aspiring to get into any kind of leadership role in life and aspiring to succeed in business and entrepreneurship, there's inspiration to be drawn from that, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. There certainly is. And um, I think something well, we we can obviously talk about sort of the the, the policy priorities that Liz Truss and her government um, ought to have all day and obviously she has her immediate priorities in the shape of you know shoring up energy security and helping people with the uh, the rising cost of living but I think something that's going to be sort of much more sort of culturally significant, I think, um, and socially significant, if you will, in this country is the impact that her premiership is going to have on the next generation of women leaders, because mm. fundamentally it's going to be her role to inspire, isn't it, and build a government that is going to encourage women to go out there and succeed in the uh, the business world because, you know, she's got to go out there, she's got to back entrepreneurship and she's got to back women, hasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. And I, from, I think yeah. having her in that position is it's, it's inspiring and encouraging, and, but it's going to be what she does with it that will really make a difference. It is, isn't it? Um, that's that's exactly the uh, the point. I mean, and, and there's no sort of clear cut answer as to obviously what she can do to sort of tangibly make a difference because it comes down to um, a lot of different things. I mean, certain government initiatives and various other bits and pieces. Um, but she's like I say, I mean, if if she can use that platform in a positive manner to inspire the next mm-hmm. generation, then you know, um, yeah. we're, she's going. She's certainly going to leave um, the the future of women in leadership in a much better place. Mm-hmm. Certainly so. And um, when we think about um, some of the other um, inspirations out there that obviously um, have made a huge difference to uh, to women and sort of brought the next generation of female leaders up throughout the years, um, we think of, like, say, Her Majesty the, the Queen, of course. Um, we think about Liz Truss having stepped into the uh, the premiership. We also think about um, others such as Michelle Obama, don't we? We think of other female leaders that have obviously stood on the precipice over the years. Um, history is, is is fraught with them, isn't it? So there yeah. are so many that we can draw upon, so many that we can be inspired by. And um, from your perspective, um, Angela, I mean, it's like just having sort of witnessed what these people have gone out there and done. I mean, what are some of the key takeaways from their stories, you think, that women really need to absorb and to live by to really sort of push themselves onto that next level? I think some 
thing that stands out to me from all the examples that you mentioned is that a woman leader can be both firm and still be gentle and kind. You know, you don't have to become this horrible, you know, hard person in order to lead. You do have to be a bit of both. And in all those examples that you mentioned, I've certainly observed that, that they lead well because they're able to make firm decisions, make firm statements, unashamedly, even if it's not the popular choice, but they stick to their convictions. Um, and yet, when they are dealing with individuals and they're dealing with people, they always treat them well. They treat them with, you know, kindness and respect. And for me, that, that is key to being a great leader. You know, if one were missing and the other one were strong of those, you know, two traits, then um, they just wouldn't be, you know, as as good. They wouldn't be able to get the results and lead the people. So it's like a two-sided coin, really. You really need to have both. And it's tricky. It's very difficult to achieve that. I've certainly found in my own business journey, um, when I discovered I needed to be more firm, mm. um, I, I was just more firm. I kind of lost the other side. I felt like I needed to, in order to be strong, I needed to put this barrier around me and, and it scared me because I didn't like the person I was becoming. And then I learned, you know, I really had to learn how to be firm when, need, when I needed to be firm, make the hard choices and lead because the leader doesn't necessarily want or can't always please everyone. That's impossible. So you have to make the sometimes unpopular you know, statements or choices. But at the same time, every time I met somebody, take the time to, to really see them as a person and, and to treat them with respect and kindness regardless, you know, no matter what their background or stage of the business journey. And I don't think that's something we're born with. It's definitely a skill that I have to intentionally cultivate and learn. And sorry, I'm waffling on, but just to say that, you know, mm. if you if you're strong in the one area, you can work on the other area until there's a nice balance between the two. So some women are just strong, but they have no people skills. Um, some women are just really lovely. They're so lovely, but they make terrible business decisions because they, they're scared to offend people. Mm. And so we, we, and this again, this is applies to men and women, doesn't it? But really it's about understanding that if we can work on the one side where we reach her and bring together this beautiful balance, we're going to make great leaders. Exactly right. And you, you made a really, really good point there that maybe sort of this sort of skill in leadership isn't something that you're born with necessarily. I mean, it's like it's something that you have to learn, that you have to cultivate. And it goes back to kind of what we said earlier, wasn't it, about um, sort of the uh, leadership being sort of a constant process of development. I mean, we're never, ever Absolutely. a finished article, are we? And uh, we're constantly developing, constantly improving. And you make such a good point as well about sort of the balance of characteristics in uh, in women leaders. And it sort of makes you think of somebody who, um, some, someone like Margaret Thatcher, for instance, who, you know, obviously quite a divisive prime minister um, <laughs> from both sides of the, uh, the political firm. spectrum, but very firm, exactly. But you, you, you sort of know, don't you, that like, obviously deep down, I mean, it's like she would have had that softer side, but she had the reputation as the Iron Lady because she was able to be firm, take those hard decisions and um, was quite sort of brash with the opposition as well. So, um, mm. like I say, it just goes to show that um, obviously those sorts of characteristics, that steadfastness, let say i mean that's also incredibly important isn't it mm. unfortunately when a woman is firm in a leadership position uh, she can be called names which obviously i'm not going to say mm. um but when a man has the same level of firm, firmness he's respected and admired and so there's a lot 
more work to be done by women to be able to to pull off a leadership role. Um, whereas for a men, they it, a lot is assumed. And one of the ways that your listeners can maybe support more women is is simply to be mindful that successful women or, or firm women or women who are ahead, you know, just be mindful that they need to be respected as well. They need to be given the same honor that their male counterparts should be given and not to be seen differently, you know, not to be called names. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that, that we face. I've certainly found that in my own leadership journey and I've certainly found that in running a business where a man will be praised for certain things, I've been called names. And unfortunately, it's often the women doing the name calling. So us, you know, we, us women really need to learn how to support successful women as well as be successful women. I think you are absolutely right in what you say there. I, I, I do think that, you know, there are stereotypes out there of women leaders as be, having that sort of greater level of sensitivity and having that sort of sort of people, men may think they're less capable of making the big decisions because of their lack of firmness. And then when they display what they would perceive as typically non-woman-like qualities, they're almost a little bit ruffled by that, aren't they? So I think mm. perceptions certainly mm. do need to change and understand that, you know, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a woman showing that uh, that sort of characteristic. And in fact, when you're running a business, when you're running a country, even obviously for our new prime minister again out there, that sort of approach is needed at times, isn't it? And there's absolutely nothing mm. wrong with that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, Angela, it's a shame that our time on the uh, the programme here is uh, starting to draw to its close because um, it's been fantastic having you on to sort of talk about this and many other issues. Um, and um, for anybody as well um, that is looking to find out a little bit more about um, Angela's organisation and what it looks to do and maybe support their work, you can visit womensbusiness.club to find out more information. And speaking of Women's Business Club, just before we wrap up, Angela, um, if we look ahead to the next 12 months just before we finish up on the programme, um, I'm just looking for a little bit of an idea of what you may be hoping to achieve and if there are any milestones out there that you're perhaps looking to surpass ahead of your sort of 10th year in operation? Unfortunately, um, we want to achieve too much. <laughs> and this is our biggest frustration is we know how much we could do, but we're just such a small team and, and a relatively small small business. So what we're going to try and achieve is we're going to try and do a bit more campaigning a bit more research on publishing our own findings um, on what women are struggling with. We're going to do our best to uh, campaign for fairer funding for females. Um, the process of women getting funding is, is too hard, it's too complicated, and so women are, are not getting the funding and the, the investment from VCs uh, that our male counterparts are getting. So that's a big part of what we're going to be focusing on is helping women to become investable so that they are ready to pitch when the opportunity presents itself. And on the, on the other hand, getting investors to start to take these um, female-led businesses more seriously. So that's a, a huge part of it. Mm. Um, we also want to make sure that we are constantly making resources and opportunities available to those for studying so that there's a bridge between education and self-employment or employment. And mm. um, so we want to support those women um, and then we're just going to continue really with what we've been doing for the past almost 10 years, and that is reaching as many women as possible um, and giving them access to what we offer at Women's Business Club in the hope that together we can have a significant impact on, on rebuilding the economy. 
it's a fantastic mission, isn't it? And a huge one at that. And I understand completely where you're coming from. I mean, it's almost frustrating, isn't it? That you have to take small steps towards achieving those goals. But um, obviously, I wish you all the uh, the best of luck in the world in sort of executing uh, those plans. And I think it would be great perhaps to even catch up at some point um, over the next uh, few months, years to sort of see how it's all coming together. I mean, it's been fantastic having you, Angela, it really has. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, indeed. And um, for anybody tuning into this, if you are sort of a uh, woman leader yourself and you have your own story to come and share with us here at the Leaders Council, then you too can apply to be on our programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Or if you've been affected by some of the issues that we've discussed today and simply want to leave your own comment on that, then you can do so via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us if you want to sort of talk about anything to do with the episode that we've recorded today. Um, you've been listening to the Leaders Council podcast and I've been your host Scott Challoner with our guest from Women's Business Club Angela D'Souza today. Angela once again thank you for joining us and to everybody tuning into the podcast today please all take care and goodbye until next time.